to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela. As you may know, I had my very first in-person event a few days ago. It was called Salute Genesis for the Soul. And it was such an amazing, amazing experience. I could literally see the transformation taking place right there in the room. There was so much positive energy that was generated. So many beliefs that were beginning to be questioned. And I could see how that shift was beginning to happen. And I got so much out of being in community with the amazing people who were gathered So I wanted to share a little snippet of the talk that I gave at this. There was lots more to it. We did breath work. We did some prompts. We had some great courageous conversations. What was so important to me for this idea of saluted genesis for the soul, which is embodiment and having that somatic experience as a way to tune into what triggers our stress response, invest in our self-care, and help ourselves develop the muscles we need to go into stress less and less often. I'm so excited to share this with you. I hope you enjoy it as well. Take a listen. The first thing is what is it? So it is Latin for health generating. You probably all have heard of pathogens. Well, this is the opposite of that. What brings health? It's a term coined by a medical anthropologist named Aaron Antonovsky. What he was noticing in his work is that some people would recover quicker than others, but everything about their condition was the same. Like they were similar in age, similar in health, etc. And he wondered why. So he started to interview people and study this. And what he discovered was it was based on the resources they had to cope. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. When you have more resources, you can deal with adversity better. And when you don't, you struggle. So he started to study this more and channeled himself into something called sense of coherence. And what that means is how meaningful, how manageable, and how comprehensible things are for you. Now, in working as an architect, I talk about it in terms of the environment. So what analogies could you make to a space you're already familiar with? How much control do you feel you have while you're in the space? All of that. But in our lives, are we doing things that are meaningful to us enough? Do our lives feel manageable or do they feel like they're just swirling chaos and comprehensible? Are we overstretching ourselves and putting ourselves in situations where we don't have the tools to navigate them and not getting ourselves the resources? Now, Antonovsky had acknowledged that sense of coherence wasn't the only thing that could be salutogenic. And in fact, one of his colleagues was working in another study that 
he was recognizing, at, which was self-efficacy. So self-efficacy is believing you can. That's the short form of it. For example, if somebody wants to quit smoking, if they believe they can be successful, they're far more likely to succeed than somebody who's doing it because they maybe think they should, but they don't really believe they can do it. You know, when we talk about this in buildings, it's about, well, is there hierarchy or not? Do you feel like you have control? Do you feel like you have agency? But in our own lives, do we feel like we have agency? Or are we putting ourselves in situations where we're not advocating for our needs? Not even letting people know that we have needs. Instead, we're trying to just present this perfect, polished exterior and not getting the resources we need, not finding the help we need. And we may even be self-abandoning because we're making ourselves wrong and not letting ourselves have needs. So then everything feels too hard, you know? And when things feel too hard, we avoid them. It could be something that takes 10 minutes to do, like making a hotel reservation, but you just don't have the bandwidth to do it. And now you're gonna leave for your trip next week and you still don't have a place to stay. We don't give ourselves that ability to have agency in our lives. So where can we look to find more agency? When you all were thinking about what gives you peace, nature came up a lot. Biophilia is absolutely part of what makes our lives health generating because we're part of nature. So of course, we are biologically designed to resonate with the natural world. Yet, how often do you have days where maybe you don't go outside or you may work somewhere where you're not by windows or you may be under harsh fluorescent lights. So giving yourself that experience of nature is calming, it's soothing. And the best way to do it is to actually be outside at the beach, in the forest, taking a walk in the woods, riding your bike, whatever it is. But just having a window and natural light can be a game changer. Having plants in your home, buying clothes that are made with natural materials, having natural materials like wood floors, you know, not having everything be artificial and using color. A lot of times people think that, oh, if it's just a white space, it's a blank canvas, but your body is looking to resonate. So how can we use colors and shapes and things like that? Because you'll remember when we were talking about the stress response, it happens before we even are consciously aware. Well. When you see harsh, sharp angles, that's stressful. It, it, it's weird because we think, well, it's just a corner. But if you're sitting and there's a corner pointing at you, or you have furniture that's like, say, really modern and has a lot of sharp angles to it, it's actually stressing you out. You don't even know it, but it's stressing you out. So think about how you can invite more nature more natural forms, get yourself out in nature a whole lot more. Prospect and Refuge is one of my favorite parts of Salutogenesis because it's about our psychological safety. And a lot of that stress response is happening because we sense danger and we're afraid. We don't want to get killed, even though we know practically that's not true. The stress response doesn't differentiate. What can we do to create psychological safety in our lives? And some of it is environmental, right? 
most people don't pick the chair in the middle of the room if they can sit with their back against the wall. Most people may not turn their desk to face a wall while their back is exposed. I think this is probably part of the stress of modern life is the open office because you don't have psychological safety. You can't see what's going on behind you or who's walking up to you. And there's a lot of activity going on behind you. But it's also about creating spaces that maybe give you what you need when you need it. So sometimes you want to be more social, great. But when you don't, are you able to find a space where you are that is a little bit more enclosed, is a little bit more hidden, that lets you process? I mean, I remember years ago, my dad was dying and he's in the hospital and things just keep getting worse. I went there one day to visit him and I was very upset. And I'm like, but I don't want anybody to see me be upset because they'll talk to me. And I don't want that. I just be left alone. And it was like, in this hospital, what little niche could I find to sit and process what was going on where nobody would talk to me or bother me or notice me? And not everybody processes that way, but for me at that time, that was really important. So again, going back to that embodiment, what do you need? And make sure the space is giving you that because when we have prospect and refuge, it means not only do we feel safe, but we have a vantage point. So we can see what's going on and we can anticipate it. And even if you work from home and you're thinking, well, I'm in my house, how much safer could I be? Psychologically, your body doesn't know the difference. So just like we said, your body doesn't know the difference in stress. Your body doesn't know the difference whether you're giving yourself a hug or somebody else is giving you a hug. It just registers the comfort. Your body doesn't know the difference in psychological safety either. Is your bed or your desk in what we would call the power position where you can see the door or the entry into the room, but you're not in line with it. So you feel protected because you could anticipate what's going on. Even if you live alone and nobody's gonna walk in that door, your body doesn't know that. Giving yourself those spaces, you know, is your favorite chair in an open plan just floating in space. Maybe you wanna put a screen behind it. You know, something to give you that emotional safety so that you can relax. And then the last aspect of salutogenesis is something called the relaxation response. And this one they can measure. So we talked before about the level of nitrous oxide in your blood. They can actually measure this by looking at that. And what helps you to get into that state is things like meditation, pacing, rocking, soothing movements, positive distractions. So distraction that's keeping your brain from going into a stress. It, it's occupying your conscious mind so that you can process. Mm -hmm. Having an environment with an appropriate level of complexity is important. So again, so many times our workspaces don't have that. They're just very blank, very plain, very utilitarian. But even at home, what are you doing to give your space more depth? Like, you know, if we look at this painting on the wall, even though it's a two-dimensional thing, there's a lot going on there. And there's a foreground and a middle ground and a background. 
you can look at that and you can kind of let your mind wander just looking at the painting. Whether you like it or don't like it is less important than the fact that it's giving your mind something to do. Whether it's a hobby that you're doing with your hands, like making something or a video game that you're playing, like what, or the way you decorate your home so that you do have some visual complexity, what are you doing to provide those positive distractions so that you can relax? And what are you doing to give yourself the ability to move? Because movement is part of that. And movement helps to work off those stress hormones. So just thinking about all five of those aspects. And if you think about your home environment or your work environment, what are you noticing that's maybe missing? I don't think we can get around the fact that space feels like something. And you know, I, I think I mentioned before, we have four bodies, right? So we have a spiritual body, a mental body, an emotional body, a physical body. And we often don't really fully acknowledge how interconnected they are. Because what we believe, we usually just default assume is true. Not everything we believe is true. You know, think about when you were a kid and you believed in the tooth fairy and Santa Claus. Wasn't true. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint you. Everything we believe isn't true. But so often we don't question our beliefs, whatever they happen to be. And our beliefs affect how we perceive and think. And our thoughts impact our emotions. And Emotions are called feelings for a reason because they're actually biological. They're not mental. And our emotions are connected to our endocrine system, which has hundreds of different hormones. We've talked about adrenaline and cortisol, but you may also know about dopamine and oxytocin, but there's hundreds. And they affect everything from how we feel to our appetite. There's just such a range. Our emotions, because they're connected to our endocrine system, which is releasing whatever hormone was dialed up into our body, is having a physical effect on us. So it definitely matters how we're feeling. And we can work it the other way around. If we give ourselves a really good physical experience, it works up the chain and we have a really good emotional response to the physical experience, which means we think more positive thought. You can work it either way. So when we do things like meditation or mantras, we're working on our beliefs and our thoughts. But when we think about salutogenesis for our surroundings, we're thinking more about our body and how we're gonna work it the other way. And they're both important and they both can be good tools in your toolbox. So it's important to know that because when you don't feel good, when you're exhausted, when you're burned out, you actually are in a state of autonomic dysregulation. You can't change your heartbeat, but you can change your breathing. It's the one autonomic system in your body that you can change. Other parts of our body that work automatically, we can't control, but we can control our breathing. When we're not feeling good, we're not feeling safe is what it comes down to. We're not feeling safe in some way. It could be something stupid. 
It could be, you know, somebody annoys you, you think, well, I'm just mad at them or I'm just annoyed. But if you really go do the root cause, it's because in some way you're worried that that person is going to hurt you. And you know, they're not gonna physically attack you most likely, but if they annoy you, are they going to take your time? Are they going to take your energy? Are they going to say something bad about you to somebody else if you're not patient with them? So there's something you think bad is gonna happen from something as seemingly trivial as just that person annoys the crap out of me, you know? <laughs> And then there's things like a big deadline where you're like, what's gonna happen? Or how, if I don't do it right, then I will look bad. It's all rooted in not feeling safe. And the thing is, when you don't feel safe, what happens in your brain, right? We just talked about how the, the high performance part of your brain, the higher level thought, the logic, that shuts down. And this amygdala has attacked and overstepped its boundaries. Now, when you're presented with a decision, are you making it more out of protecting yourself and doing what feels easy and safe? Or are you doing it because it's exciting and fun and will bring you joy? Well, the more stressed out you are, the more you're gonna look for the easy path and the comfort over the growth edge because you don't wanna challenge yourself because you feel like, I can't, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of looking bad. I'm afraid of standing up for myself, whatever it is. We wanna really turn off that stress response so that we're back to that playfulness, that innovative, that what if thinking, where we're open to possibilities, where we're willing to be vulnerable, where we're willing to share things with people that are half done because that's gonna let them co-create with us rather than trying to be a perfectionist and do it all by ourselves. That means that we have to stop going outside of our body for answers. We really, really, really have to be more tapped in and tuned in. How are we really feeling? And if you get good enough at this, I mean, I think we've all experienced, I don't know about this situation, or you've experienced real resonance, like this is amazing, or I love that person, or I, they're magnetic, I wanna be around them, I wanna be in their orbit. If you tapped into your body more, you get even more information. It would tell you even more. And it would start to give you clues about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And again, it's not about good, bad, right, or wrong. It's about right for you. What resonates for you may not resonate for someone else, and that's okay but you need to do what's right for you. Otherwise, you're not gonna be happy and you're gonna be stressed out. You're gonna be resentful. We really need to work then to not take that spiritual bypass that we all take of ignoring bad feelings, pushing through the pain, stuffing it down, and really think about all four bodies and keeping a good communication flow among all four of them. you for listening you made it all the way to the end of the episode which means you are committed 
to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm.